I've been doing a lot of thinking. And the thing is, I love you. What? I love you. How do you expect me to respond to this? How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? Doesn't what I said mean anything to you? I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here, tell me you love me, and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. everybody this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event welcome to uh the end of 23 we survived 2023 we hope we survived 2024 things are looking like uh we'll have a much better year economically but will we survive another year with joe biden in the white house we will see hey i use that uh that clip from that classic new year's eve clip from when harry met sally just because it's a classic New Year's New Year's Eve clip, and uh, you know it's say hey, you know when you when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone you want the rest of your life to start right away, and of course I got married uh, 27 years ago uh, on New Year's Eve, and uh, I realized I wanted to spend the rest of my wife my life with my wife Dawn, uh, but it took me eight years to convince her to marry me. So um, so I don't really know what that exact feeling is that Harry had when he said that to Sally, but. You know what? I understand it. I just wasn't wasn't able to turn it on quite as quick as he was. Hey, so anyway, uh, that song was a U2, New Year's Day, not because my production assistant is a U2 fanatic, but because I've always loved that song. So I'm taking credit for this one, Brooke. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not. A, this is not your birthday. So, uh, so all good. So we're going to talk about our annual, our annual, Top 10 morons of 23 this this week. But before we do, let me introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and as the interest rates are coming down, there are more and more great opportunities. And in a lot of areas in this country, you're seeing uh, prices drop. 
So watch for 2024, 2024 to be a great year to refinance and also a great year to purchase if you haven't purchased yet. And if you're interested in refinancing or purchasing and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone, but uh, you want to get some information, uh, but you know the phone is so is so uh, personal, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo and they'll do the cyber thing. Give me how much information you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates will help you find the missing pieces to a real estate financing puzzle. And whether that's a piece of property that you'd like to own in California or another state or whether it's a piece of property you already own in California or another state, uh, at Hoffman.net or 855-640-2020. Uh, if there's any part of the show you uh, you missed or you want to replay, um, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net as well. Just click on the podcast page. You can hear this this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that purple uh, circle thing that you have on your phone, your podcast app, and just search uh, Ed Hoffman, the main event. And you can subscribe for free and have it download once a week. Uh, I record on Friday mornings and it'll upload Friday afternoon and it'll download to your device shortly thereafter. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. So before we go on, as usual, as usual, the top 10 moron list, uh, is, is, uh, for the most part put together by my buddy, Scott McPhee, the proprietor of Don's bikes in Rialto and Redlands, uh, one of the top 100 bike shops in the country and Scotty, welcome back. Ed, it is great to be back in the house. It seems like uh, we haven't haven't had you on as often in twenty three as uh, twenty four. Maybe uh, maybe it was a bad year. No, I well maybe I'll, I'll make it a point to try and come back more often because it's always loads of fun. And and as you know, this is my favorite show of the year when we get to count down the top ten biggest morons of twenty twenty three. And obviously, this is a hard choice because you know I threw my top ten at you. And you said, well, don't forget about this person, that person, this company, whatever. So it's it's hard to narrow it down. I think we could probably easily do the top, top 100 biggest morons, but we just don't have enough time for that. Exactly. We need we need a three-hour show. Yeah, we would. Yeah, exactly. So let me start first so that you end up with your number one. Um, so I'll start with number 10, pro-Palestinian, pro-Palestinian demonstrators. In cities across the United States, protesters who claim to be against genocide has spent the last three months showing just how clueless they are about history and world affairs in the wake of Hamas's brutal attack on, on, uh, on Israel. It would be comical if it wasn't so sad. On Christmas Day, hundreds of them carried a blood-covered mock nativity scene across Rockefeller Center. For those of you who haven't been to New York City, Rockefeller Center is the most Christmas-centric part of New York City with the big, with the, with the, with the ice skating rink and the gigantic Christmas tree. And, uh, and they did this. Uh, chanting Christmas is canceled here. Long live Intifada and NYPD and KKK, IDF, and they're all the same. The same day, other protesters gathered near D.C. area homes of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, two of Biden's top foreign affairs advisors. Last week, they disrupted transportation at major hubs like Penn Station, Grand Central Station, and the Port Authority bus terminal. Oh, and they... Uh, they verbally where they actually verbally assaulted uh, actor Alec Baldwin. All right. So it wasn't all bad. Yeah, exactly. It couldn't <laughs> happen to a nicer guy. 
Um, last month, they disrupted the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, uh, chanting, singing, and, and yes, gluing themselves to the street along the parade route. That's kind hard of to hurt, imagine. Hard, hard to imagine gluing yourself to, you know, I think if, if you uh, lay yourself in the road in front of traffic, then if you end up with uh, tire tracks on your legs and your chest, then, uh, hey, you know, you get what you get, what you what you had coming. And then there's the cancer of anti-Semitism they've spread across university campuses. Jewish students from schools like Cornell, NYU, Yale, UC Berkeley, and Columbia have all testified before Congress to say they feel unsafe on campus because of anti-Semitic chants during rallies, being locked in libraries by classmates, seeing Israeli hostage posters being ripped down, and being forced to, to sit through anti-Semitic anti-Semitic rants by their own professors. All of this in the name of stopping genocide, which demonstrators claim Joe Biden is committing by supporting Israel. I didn't really uh, understand that Joe Biden was part of this. Uh, let's hear from a couple of people wreaking this havoc. Genocide Joe needs to halt his actions immediately and realize that he's going to face massive opposition from Democrat voters next election. You have a whole generation of voters coming up who are going to be able to vote in this next election. And if you don't stop this genocide now, you will not get these votes. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Uh, you know, all these all these voters are going to turn their back on Biden. Does that mean they're going to vote for Trump? Well, that's what you said. You you sort of, you know, hypothesized that maybe that, they didn't say that. They didn't say we're going to vote for Trump instead. Maybe they just won't vote at all. Maybe they don't vote anyways. I got to tell you, though, I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying this because what we're seeing now is a lot of division within the Democrat Party. So you have the, you know, in large part, Jews do vote Democrat. They support these institutions. All the colleges you just listed are largely supported by Jewish donors. Uh, we have people like George Soros just wreaking havoc. And then, and then on the other hand, you have these pro-Hamas people that that are there's there's like this big conflict. And, you know, you know, we've always seemed to have more conflict on the right, more infighting on the right than on the left. But I'm really kind of enjoying this. I enjoy protesters going to Biden administrators, kind of see how they how they like that kind of that sort of treatment. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty. It's kind of a different experience. Watching the Democrats trying to turn on Biden. Well, and, you know, and I and I seriously, I seriously doubt that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu takes any takes any uh, any direction from Joe Biden. I mean, I think he respects the United States. I think he disrespects the fact that we installed Joe Biden. I think he loved uh, Donald Trump, and uh, and whenever we have a strong leader. But I think he, like the rest of the world leaders, realize this is a time of weakness for the United States, and he's going to do what's going to protect his people. Well, and I don't think anybody's taken any direction from Joe Biden. You know, <laughs> at this point, it's kind of a joke. Not even Jill. Not even Jill. Jill's the one giving, telling Joe what to do, you know, where to walk off stage, you know, uh, where the bathroom is, you know, those sorts of things, I'm sure. All right. Uh, that leads us to more on number nine, and that is soccer player Megan Rapino. The woke U.S. national soccer team played no player known for her brightly colored hair and gigantic ego retired from her 13th season career this year in a spectacular failure following a humiliating performance at the World Cup after blaming her torn Achilles tendon for her missed penalty kick that cost Team USA the game against Sweden back on August 6th. Rapino later said in an interview that her misfortune 
disprove the existence of God. You know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there wasn't God, like, this is proof that there isn't. This is up. If you couldn't make out that clip, it's a little garb. What she said was, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. Duh. But if there was a God, this is proof there isn't. This is effed up. Um, actually, I beg to differ, Ed. I think there is definitely proof. This this definitely proves that God exists, and it proves that he doesn't like Megan Rapino For a multitude of reasons, which we could we could list, but we got eight more to talk about. Well, we certainly do. I mean, to me, Megan Rapino is one of the most disgusting human beings on Earth. She's one of the most unappealing human beings on Earth. I mean, she makes Ellen DeGeneres look sexy by comparison, Ed. Uh, the thing I want to throw in is obviously Subway sponsored her, and I haven't eaten at a Subway since because just thinking about her kind of wrecks my appetite. Yeah, I could, uh, I can uh, relate with that. Plus, uh, you know, Subway is just not my favorite place to eat. Okay. So let, let's go on to number eight. Number eight is Fox News. For abruptly firing Tucker Carlson and canceling his highly rated primetime show in April, uh, plus among a, a, a whole bunch of other people they got rid of and a bunch of dumb things they've, they've done. The fair and balanced network went from the most watched, most trusted to the most moronic in 23. And I'm sure you have lots to add to this, Scott. Oh yeah, definitely do. Um, so regarding, regarding Fox, I mean, I haven't watched Fox since Tucker was let go. And, and, you know, for me, Fox was Tucker and but Tucker was the only reason for, for me even having cable to begin with, uh, he was probably the only person on that network that really dived into a lot of the tough issues uh, like voter fraud, vaccines, all those sorts of things. Tucker was the best they had, hands down. And for them to just suddenly terminate him uh, was really, really lame. And it rubbed people like me the wrong way. It's kind of like, is Fox really just controlled opposition at this point? Uh, I'm not a fan of the rest of Fox News lineups. Uh, I think Greg Gutfield's show is is weak and lame, and it isn't funny. Sorry if there's a lot of people listening that like Greg Gutfield. I don't find him entertaining at all. I think Dana Perino sucks. No, I thought I thought how she handled that presidential debate was awful. Um, you know, they got rid of a, 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 some other good people like Dan Bongino's gone, and it's just kind of like I don't know. I mean, I know you still watch Fox a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I watch. You know, I watch Fox a little bit because their production production uh, quality is better than uh, than. Uh, uh, Newsmax, but yeah, it's 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 the same show repeat. It's the same things repeated, show after show after show, all day long, all night long. I agree with you. Gutfeld was charming when it first came on. It's it's getting old now, and uh, you know they they have people on there. Hey, you know uh, I'm a comedian. I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on serious things as if I know something about it. Um, what I what I still do like about I like I like to watch the five because I I think uh, I think getting it there's a handful of them Judge Janine uh, Jesse and Greg will will go toe to toe with whoever the the Democrat is on there and uh, that seems like the only time that they'll that that they'll uh, they'll stand up to you know Jessica Tarloff or uh, Harold Ford Jr. or some what other idiot they put in that seat. And uh, and I like uh, Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters has kind of taken over what what uh, Tucker used to do. But still, he's a far cry from Tucker. Right. And there's lines that Jesse Waters just won't cross. The other thing, too, is that you look at Tucker. He's come back on Twitter with much larger audience. Um, So he's doing well over at Twitter. He's probably going to launch his own media network at some point, I'm sure. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's just it's just not the same. So Fox News, you are more on number eight. If he if uh, if Tucker doesn't get nominated for uh, uh, vice president behind Trump, you know I've heard that. What do you what do you what do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think he would make. I think he could do the job. Um, I think he could do it. Yeah. You know, we just need to make sure that whoever's in vice president takes a uh, a apprentice apprenticeship uh, under Donald Trump and not do the typical vice president nothing job. Right. And learn so that they can we can hand over the reins to him after four more years of Trump. Yeah, for that's sure. That's my opinion. All right. Moving on to more on number seven. That's Target. The mid-level retail chain went woke back in 2020 as looters destroyed entire locations of the store in the name of Black Lives Matter. And this year, the company saw its first quarterly sales drop in six years after going all in on woke politics. It's Pride Month merchandise, which included so-called tuck-friendly swimsuits for trans women, got pulled from shelves after sales went down 10% and share prices went down 18%. Um, You know, my take on this, my wife shopped at Target pretty regularly. And, you know, always here, Target there, Target, my Target charge card. That is done. She has not shopped at Target since. I know a lot of people, friends of hers, family members have also pulled the, the plug on Target. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like there are lines that a company cannot cross. And and this whole trans thing uh, about, you know, swimwear that's designed to hide your your real sex. I mean, th- there's just limits to what people are willing to put up with. And Target definitely crossed that line. Now, I'm pretty sure they're still into the whole Gay Pride Month stuff, Gay Pride. Stuff. They still have tons of, in my opinion, inappropriate books for kids that you'll see in there. So definitely the wokeness is still there. But but it hit Target pretty hard. I mean, they definitely lost some sales as a result of this. Yeah, that I would uh, I would point out that up in, up until 2023, there was a difference between men's swimwear, swimwear, and women's swim swimwear because women don't have anything to tuck, and uh, and so men's bathing suits, with the exception of uh, you know, at the swim team or in Europe on beaches, um didn't need didn't need anything to tuck because they just covered it up and you know now now we're we live in a whole different world and uh my personal opinion is god doesn't like this and he makes all the calls he makes all the ultimate calls so let's go on go ahead i was gonna say i guess i just wonder before we move on to the next one how much of a market is there for like this this tuck friendly swimsuits i mean really how much how much of that is part of your bottom line sales. You know what I mean? I gotta hope it's not much, but it seems bizarre. I guess I guess they seem to think that if by appealing to that part of the crowd, because the media is so is so uh uh friendly to the LGBTQ crowd that they're gonna that it's gonna appeal to a large portion of the of the population, but the large portion of the population really isn't that large. Um, and I point this out. I point this out to people all the time that um, if I wear if I wear a a, a right wing t shirt or or a a Trump hat or something, people go, "I love your shirt," or <laughs> "Hey, I love your hat. I have one like it at home." And I say, you know what? If people realize that we're not the minority, we're the majority, people would proudly wear them in public because the woke crowd, the Joe Biden crowd, you know, is is the minority 
you know, people, people want their lives to be better and people, people just, we need to, we need to be more vocal. So people say when it's time to vote, I'm going to vote what makes sense for me and my family, my wallet, my lifestyle and stop saying, Oh, I don't like the orange man. Cause he's mean. Yeah. But he sure made America great. So let's go on to number six. What's truly about what's truly bizarre about Target's blunder is that they didn't learn from another major American company, Budweiser, which experienced a, a woke disaster of its own months earlier. In April, Anheuser-Busch sales dropped by 17% after hiring trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney for a Bud Light campaign ad. Um, those, those sales went straight to Bud Light's competitors, Coors Light, Miller Light, each of whom gained exactly 17% in sales, as reported by Wall Street Journal. So that's not one, but two companies that went woke and went broke in 2023. But honorable mention goes to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who embraced anti-Catholic activist group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, for the team's Pride Night, then canceled the group as soon as the outrage ensued and the team's own star players expressed frustration with the organization's invitation to the group. And then apparently... They went on anyway. Um, I think the ownership of the Dodgers is a tad on the mixed up side. Yeah. Um, so regarding, we'll start with Bud Light first. Uh, first of all, I want to know, is the person in the marketing department at Bud Light that thought this Dylan Mul- Mulvaney thing was a good collaboration, is that person still there? You know, I mean, if they are, maybe they're just like cleaning the bathrooms at this point. Because we'll want to talk about an unmitigated disaster from a marketing standpoint. And the fact that, you know, you could blame her, but it went through, I had to go through a higher up chain, I would imagine, right? She didn't just, this person, this gal, whoever she is, didn't make this decision unilaterally. She just, she just made this this choice and it cost this company millions and millions of dollars and they still have not recovered. I mean, the Bud Light name is kind of a joke at this point, I think, Ed. And, you know, they sure look, I don't drink. So it's not like this is a big deal for me one way or the other. But this actually makes me want to start drinking so I can stop and then boycott Bud Light. Yeah, from what I understand, um, that marketing person has left uh, either by uh, either by force or voluntarily. Um, That's what I understand. I could be wrong, but um, that's what that's what I understand. I don't drink beer that often, but when I drink, I drink tequila. And when I drink tequila, I drink Patron because it's it's a tequila bottled in America and I'm all. I'm all I'm all about by American. All right. Very good. Well, and, and coming back, by the way, since we were talking about the Dodgers, one of my one of my gripes about the Catholic Church is not speaking out as much as I think they should when there's evil present. But this is kind of one exception. Bishop Barron, who my wife follows religiously, no pun intended. Uh, he has a regular podcast and typically he does not wade into political issues. The Catholic Church tends to try and avoid these things. But sometimes there's lines that, again, once you cross that line, like if you look at who these sisters of perpetual indulgence are, what they actually stand for, what they do, which is just blasphemous stuff with crucifixes. I mean, it's awful. But he actually came out and said, you know what? It's time to boycott the Dodgers. And there was actually a pretty big protest at Dodger Stadium about this as well. And it's kind of funny because, you know, with all the flack about this, the Dodgers originally said, okay, okay, we're not going to invite them. And then they changed their mind again. So I think it's it's almost worse when you do that, when you make a mistake like this, and then you turn around, you disinvite them, but then you reinvite them again. All you're doing is you're you're ticking off everybody at that point. So again, I don't know what kind of financial impact 
this has had against the Dodgers. Obviously, some of their own players have come out against this. Thought it was a really dumb idea, but you know, this is the uh, this is the age we live in—the age of woke companies trying to outwoke one another—is what it seems like to me, Ed. Yep, I would agree. And I think uh, on the religious subject, I think uh, I think 2024 is time when uh, more of the mainstream churches follow uh, Jack Gibbs' lead at uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino sure. Hills, and actually encourage their encourage their members to vote their their uh, their spiritual beliefs because America is going down the wrong road. They're going down the wrong road um in every which way you in every which way you look at it and i just don't know how anybody can can sit there and and remain and remain silent and i've talked to uh pastor matt brown at sandals about it and he said well i may have to get involved pray for me that it goes well so anyway hey we're all out of time for the first half of the main event so stay tuned for five minutes traffic weather commercials and sports and scott and i will be back with the top five morons of 2023 and we're in love. After 27 years of marriage, we're still unbelievably in love. You won't even let me touch you till I've said it. I sing to you. Not all the time, but, but definitely on special occasions. You know, we've, we've dealt with our share of surprises and, and, and made a lot of sacrifices, but we stayed together. You see, you're a better person than I am. And it made me a better person to be around you. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but I promise in 2024, there's going to be big things coming and I will. But if you uh, are interested in talking about uh, financing of your real estate and uh, rearranging your debts, call me toll free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on United American Mortgage logo. I opened up part two with that uh, scene from The Family Man as a happy anniversary tribute to my wife, Dawn, uh, New Year's Eve is 27 years for us. And as I said earlier, um, we've been together for 35 years. It just took me eight years to close the deal. Uh, I I marked that as to date as my single uh, longest sales pitch <laughs> before I close the sale. It took eight years. That's, that's commitment, folks. And uh, to my wife, Dawn, I love you and happy anniversary. And uh, on we go to uh, to our uh, our New Year's our New Year's weekend uh, show. And for those of you that missed the first half, I uh, sus- I suggest you go to edhoffman.net or uh, or iTunes and and listen to the first half because we're talking about uh, the the top ten morons of 2023. And for those of you that weren't here in the first half, um, my partner in crime today is Mr. Scott McAfee. 
proprietors of Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands. Welcome back once again, Scotty. Hey, always great to be here. Hey, you just finished the Christmas season and bicycles. You yeah. know, being the preferred the preferred uh, gift of those that aren't looking for real estate, how was Christmas? It was good. It was actually very good. Yeah, we had a great Christmas. Uh, the weather's been absolutely beautiful. You know, I feel for bike shops and other parts of the country where they're buried in snow and they're freezing their tails off right now. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here in a t-shirt and shorts and in the middle of winter. It's pretty cool, Ed. But yeah, it was it was a great Christmas. Thanks. A lot of electric bikes. Electric bikes are very popular right now. Yeah, and because uh, because hard work is not very popular and having to pedal things up hills. <laughs> I remember in my childhood, we lived in a level neighborhood in Lakewood. So we could ride our bikes all over the place. And uh, now I live on a hill. I noticed that the kids don't like to ride bikes as much in our neighborhood as they did as they do where the where the neighborhood's level because they're lazy. Well, you know, I mean, electric bikes are cool though. It kind of extends the range of what you can do. And for a lot of people, it's putting them on bikes that otherwise maybe couldn't. You know, they just they're older or they have maybe some kind of an issue where it's and they want to keep up with their buddies. So it's nice to have that extra little oomph. It's pretty cool, actually. Uh yeah, I've I've ridden them. They are cool. Yeah. It's just not the it's just not the bicycles of our childhood. Okay, that's true. That's true. All right. So uh the first half we went through the through uh numbers ten through six. Yep. Scotty, why don't you lead us off with number five, Moron of twenty twenty three? Sure. Moron number five of twenty twenty three. That award goes to Disney. Uh, do we say that there were two companies that went broke for going woke this year? It's actually three. Disney recently admitted that its woke moves of late, uh, like misleading the public about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis by calling his pro-parent legislation the, quote, don't say gay bill, is costing them money. As parents and consumers are beginning to see that the Disney brand's values no longer align with their own, in September, Disney CEO Bob Iger told investors that the company needs to, quote, quiet the noise around cultural issues and go back to focusing on creating entertainment. Duh. Uh, one of the decisions that sprung from this was to push back Disney's live action Snow White remake by one year, presumably to retool it and make it less woke. The company's SEC filing, which is submitted so that investors and analysts and regulators have a clear idea how the company is performing, contained this statement. I quote, success depends on our ability to consistently create compelling content. When creators do not achieve sufficient consumer acceptance, profits fall. Again, the further consumers' perceptions of our position on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of our environmental and social goals. Yeah, that's the problem. Often differ wildly and present risk to our reputation and brand. Do you think? Exactly. I think that's been a long time coming because I think it was uh, the Beauty and the Beast movie. Was that like five or six years ago? And they included a uh, a gay kiss in it. And oh, I, remember, oh. I remember the uprising from that. And, you know, Disney traditionally has been about kids. And, you know, the as parents, you knew, hey, you could, you could let your kids watch the Disney Channel all day and you don't have to worry about it threatening their innocence. And, you know, kids, kids that are watching Disney movies, you know, you don't want them to be influenced about that kind of that kind of stuff. And, you know, hey. They have a hard enough time just being kids to have to confuse their minds already. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I think Walt Disney would be rolling in his grave right now if he could see what's happening to his company. It's definitely, as you said, it's not the Disney that you and I grew up in. The movies are completely different. 
Uh, and on a lot of levels, I mean, they, they basically have ruined the Marvel franchise, in my opinion. Uh, you can't even watch those movies anymore. The, the recent release, The Marvels, uh, which was a spinoff about a character that really nobody liked or cared about. This thing cost like $274 million to make, and it made, get this, $80 million at the box office in the United States. A major, major flop. Uh, just other woke stuff. Like, they had to make The Little Mermaid black. Okay, well, it's okay to have a white mermaid. You know, you don't have to include ethnic uh, diversity hires in every aspect of even animated cartoons. Um, you know, you look at even the theme park. I mean, attendance of those, the theme parks is down quite a bit. So what does Disney do? They jack up the prices to get in there. It's like 275 bucks if you want a three-day pass. It's $104 for general. What if you got like a family of five or six? That's and, and not to, that's not counting parking or food or maybe some of the Disney branded garbage you can buy when you're in there. I I haven't been to Disney in years, Ed. I have no plans to go there anytime soon. Um, and you know, are they gonna are they gonna reverse course? Probably not. Probably not. Well, let's let's hope they do. Let's oh. hope they do. You know what? Uh, uh, one of the things that Warren Buffett always talks about in in investing the the one mistake he made was ever selling Disney. And yeah. for that, for that reason, you know, I have, I have a, a fair chunk of Disney in my portfolio. Yeah. I mean, most of my portfolio is, is real estate, but for the, for the small amount of stocks I have, I have Disney. And as the prices have gone down, I said, Hey, I'm following Warren Buffett's lead. I'm not selling. And with any luck, if Bob Iger turns this, turns the company back around to its, to its roots, you know, he's going to, he's going to make Disney great again and go back to their roots and stop with the, stop with the BS of the social issues. And let's get back to, uh, to fantasy stuff and the kids, the, you know, stuff that you can take your kids to the movies and you can, you know, leave them, leave them with the TV on in front of the Disney channel. You don't have to worry about them seeing stuff that they're not ready for. And, you know, let's, let's get back to the world. The world was when it was more innocent. Well, if nothing, if nothing else, what this proves is that if he doesn't, that's gonna that's gonna hurt that company. It's gonna hurt him financially because people like hurt. me are like, we're, we're done with Disney. Disney's just a bad name in my vocabulary. I hope they go broke, honestly. But I do feel for a lot of the employees. I mean, you feel for the people who are, you know, just on the lower level of things, the people that keep the place clean, and you know, you obviously don't want those people to be unemployed. But at the same, by the same point, though, you can't. You can't have Disney, one of the major institutions in the United States, you know, brainwashing kids about trans issues, gay issues, you know, all this garbage that they're cranking out now. I mean, it's it's hurting them. I mean, will they turn around? I guess we'll have to wait and see it. Yep, exactly. And I've and I've noticed as you bring up the Marvels. Yeah. When you go to the movie, you go to the movies and everybody knows that I'm a movie guy. And Don and I Don and I haven't been going to the movies as much as we used to, maybe because there's not very many good movies that come out, but when they come out, we still like to go to the theater and see them. But you know, now it's, everything's a superheroes. It's a superheroes or it's a cartoon or it's, it's a foreign movie. It's like, you know, the, you know, they decided to, to be, uh, to be more diverse in the Academy Awards and, and a certain percentage of them have to be uh foreign language movies and a certain amount of them have to go. You have to, you have to, you have per quotas by how many white people, how many black people, and how many gay people get get nominated, and it's not based on who who did the best job. And 
it's just it's just sad. I mean, it's the the movie the movie experience isn't what we're used to. Right, you're like you said, it's not based on their talent. And and that Marvels movie, I didn't see it, but watching the tra- it was painful to watch the trailer of this thing. So if you want to kill like three minutes, watch the trailer and you get an idea why this movie was just a complete flop. Um, yeah, I did see the trailer. I did, did see the trailer when we were seeing one of the movies that we watched. Okay, I think, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, but um, you know, or the or Oppenheimer, one of those last couple of movies that we saw, and uh, you know, it's just doesn't doesn't appeal to me. You know, the superhero movies when Batman and Superman uh, came out, even when the uh, original Spider Man was, you know, it was amazing to see what they could recreate with live action compared to what they used to everything now is a computer even even you know the the one of the last rambo movies it's like hey you see all these guns going off and you can tell it's all computer computer animated uh blood and guts and you say hey that's that's just i could i could watch that on i could watch that on a computer it's you know it's it's just it's gone too far well and i think with artificial intelligence that's only going to get worse Exactly. You know, and, and now you're, now you're not going to even know what you're, what you're watching is real. Don shows me stuff that she sees on, on Facebook. She goes, can you believe this? And look, here's, here's Biden telling everybody he's an idiot. I said, that's AI. You know, they wouldn't let him, he wouldn't say that in front of a camera. Although his wife is thinking it, but he can't. So let's get on. Let's get on with the countdown. Um, Number four is Chris Christie. The former New Jersey governor is still campaigning in his second run for the Republican nomination and currently polling at 3.4%, the lowest Republican in the race, aside from Asa Hutchinson, who had promised to reevaluate his candidacy if he wasn't polling at 4% by Thanksgiving. Now we're at New Year's and the former Arkansas governor still hasn't kept that promise. But let's get back to Chris Christie. As one National Review opinions piece said on uh, December 22nd, Christie, who has adamantly insisted that the purpose of his campaign is to ensure Trump is not the Republican nominee, is making decisions that virtually ensure that Trump will be the Republican (laughs) nominee. And that's at least partially because of lines like this dud in the first debate back on August 23rd. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay, and you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that. No one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing little piece of, uh, of, uh, uh, of, of charm there. And just this week, uh, Christy released this 33-second gem of a campaign ad. Some people say I should drop out of this race. Really? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm the only one saying Donald Trump is a liar. He pits Americans against each other. His Christmas message to anyone who disagrees with him? Rotten hell. He caused a riot on Capitol Hill. He'll burn America to the ground to help himself. Every Republican leader says that in private. I'm the only one saying it in public. What kind of president do we want? A liar or someone who's got the guts to tell the truth? New Hampshire, it's up to you. I'm Chris Christie, and you bet I approve this message. Yeah, he's the only one saying that Trump is a liar, except for uh, every mainstream media person and every Democrat. He's just the only Republican that that is uh, burning bridges, burning bridges with Trump because Trump will be the nominee. And of course, you know he'll he'll burn he'll. We saw him start that that riot on December sixth. 
I want to call BS on that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, he'll, he'll burn the, he'll burn the country to the ground to benefit himself. He's the only president's ever gone into office and, and lost, lost net worth as a result of that. I think, uh, I think we would rather have a, a president that would sacrifice his, his luxury lifestyle, uh, to, uh, for the benefit of his country rather than sacrifice his country to benefit his family's luxury lifestyle. Well, no, for sure. And, you know, I was thinking about this just the other day is like Trump is literally risking jail time for the rest of his life uh, to, to run for president. Right. And, and I was thinking about this, too. I, I hate to say it. I think 90, 95 percent of political figures or even just people in general would pull out of that race. So, you know, enough's enough. Uh, I'm just pulling out. I'll endorse such and such. a person. I just need to get out of this. It's just it's just too much of a mess. The, the one thing that I really admire about Trump is just his resiliency and his ability to just hang in there in spite of all this stuff they keep throwing at him. And it's it's funny because the more stuff they throw at him, the higher his ratings go. Um, and coming back to the elephant that is in the room at Chris Christie, uh, my thought is, why are you even in this race, Chris? You're, you're not running to actually be the president because at 3.4%, and by the way, that seems high to me, Ed. Oh, yeah, it does. I want to speak to at least one Chris Christie voter. I haven't met one, and, and I don't know if they actually exist. Three, 3% seems kind of high. But but why are you there? And talking about his record, I mean, to defend his record, his record was stellar. Um, and really, to me, President Trump was the best president in my lifetime. So I don't know what he's talking about. He had a fantastic record. I'm not sure what motivates Chris Christie. I don't know who's supporting him financially. Uh, I, it's definitely time for him to go. I was really shocked to see he was on that last debate stage. Uh, like, why, why is he even still there? I actually got an email from one of my listeners saying that they supported Chris Christie. I chose not to respond. Really? I chose not to respond because I figured uh, they'll wise up. Um, but yeah, you know, I was, I was a Chris Christie uh, fan at one time in the past. And, uh, but that, that ended in the past. You know, the good thing is people come on, come on the stage and you say, Hey, I like this guy. And then you get to know him. I mean, I could understand how Barack Obama got elected because he's good looking. He's a great speaker. He's very, uh, he's very, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he's got a great personality. And so the first time, Hey, people were tired of Bush and, you know, uh, John McCain was, was not that, not that charming. And everybody wanted to try a, a black president and white people and black people elected him. But four years later, we had a chance to get to know who he was. And we should have we should have learned by then and uh, and got him off, got him out of there. Um, but voters are stupid. Well, yeah, not, I mean, the other person that comes to mind like that, of course, is Mitt Romney, right? Who you and I both supported as well. Mm -hmm, and now kind of like Chris Christie is a total turncoat, dirtbag scumbag that should leave politics forever. Just my opinion, Ed. Just my yeah, opinion. I think uh, I think uh, Romney could have been a good president. And then because he he uh, shot himself in the in the foot and lost the election, it was his to lose. Um, he's he's bitter at everybody. And it's certainly after uh, Trump got elected, he you know, he's he's turned on the Republican Party and uh, we got seven minutes left to go. And we got three more to do. So why don't you jump into number three? Absolutely. Number three, of course, is our own governor, Gavin Newsom. We call him Governor Gruesome Newsom around here. But 
Gavin Newsom would like you to call him president. There are many reasons why he made the list, like doubling down on last year's pledge to force 100% electric vehicle conversion by 2035. I'm never buying an electric car, Ed. I'm just never going to do it. Me neither. And, and permitting the most horrific homelessness crisis in American history to continue thriving in California. It's an absolute disaster. Everybody's seeing it everywhere. But it was stumbling over some poor kid during a playground basketball game in China that showed us how truly moronic Gavin Newsom is because that trip and his trip to Israel and his trips to Mexico and Central America, all these are clearly intended but Newsom on the world stage ahead of a run for president. He swears it's not for the current election cycle, but with the Democrat Party abandoning its support for Biden more rapidly by the day, the rumors that Newsom is waiting in the wings to be appointed as a replacement candidate simply will not die down. And so running for president while claiming he's not running for president, Gavin Newsom is our number three moron of the year. Here he is back in June with Hannity when he claimed to stand by Biden for this election cycle. Do you think he's cognitively strong enough to be president? I, I have conversations with him all the time, yes. And I'll tell you what, you do. I'm dead serious about that. I've, convers- I've talked to him when he's been overseas. I've been in Air Force One, Marine One. I've been in the limo with him. I've spent time with him Okay, but you never answered my question directly. How many times is your phone ping a day people saying you need to get in this race because they agree with me that he's not up to the job? Uh, I see where you're going with that. I'm asking. No, I, and I'm not answering. Under any circumstances, would you get in this no, primary? I think he's a man of decency and character. I'm really proud of the president, proud of what he's accomplished. Is he strong enough to be president? That's what I'm, strong I'm enough. Look about. what he just did to McCarthy. He ran he circles. Look, look at the vote card. I didn't Kevin like just vote. Got, I wouldn't I mean, have voted for it. Exactly. Kevin got played by the president of the United States. You got any comments after that? Um, yeah, just um, like that debate between Newsom and DeSantis to me was a joke. It was horrible. Again, a horribly done debate. Didn't learn anything from it. But it was almost like it seemed like that was like a trial run because somebody somewhere assumes that our candidate is going to be DeSantis and their candidate is going to be Gavin Newsom. I, I think know. I think we did learn one thing. We learned yeah. that Newsom's a is a freaking uh, sidestepper. Um, by the way, he answered all the questions and and just lied about things and yep. didn't answer the questions. But uh, but we've gone all over that. Let's talk about the number two, yep. number two moron in, in the for 2023 is the panhandler in in chief, um, Vladimir Zelensky. We've at, we've given him billions and billions of dollars and he wants more. Ukrainian President Zelensky milked the United States dry for all of 2023, starting at the beginning of the year when Congress last omnibus bill had twenty seven point nine billion in it to replenish equipment that we gave to Ukraine in twenty two. A Department of Defense report shows the September by that by September US aid to Ukraine has included help me with the help me with this uh with this uh list there, Scotty. Yep. I'll start. Thirty-eight mobility artillery rocket systems and ammunition. Twelve national advanced service to air missile systems. Thirty-one Abram tanks, forty-five T seventy-two B tanks, and 186 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles. Three hundred M one thirteen and one eighty-nine striker armored personal carriers. Uh, 2,000 plus Stinger anti-aircraft systems. 10,000 Javelin and 80,000 plus other anti-armor systems. Phoenix, Ghost, Switchblade, and other UAS, which is uh, another word for drones. 198, 155 millimeter, and 72 and 105 millimeter howitzers and artillery. 237 mortar systems. 7,000 plus two Blanche optically tracked wire-guided missiles, high-speed anti-radiation missiles, and laser-guided rocket systems. 35,000-plus grenade launchers and small arms. 
And that's not including all the communications, radar, and intelligence equipment, or the training, maintenance, and substantiate. I mean, and we can like go down. Let's just skip the rest of this list. Um, the point is that like we have sent this guy billions of dollars, and he wants more. There's like it's like this bottomless pit. I was going to share with you too. I ran into some guys who were Ukrainians. I actually ran into them on a, on a hike, and I'm asking them, "Hey, you know what? What's your take on this?" And they said, "Well, you know, we're glad the United States is here." Uh, we're a little sad that the war is going on in Israel because it kind of deflects from our war. Um, they And I wonder, like, are we paying for these guys to be here? They're, they're like refugees on some kind of refugee status, right? So they're over here. I don't know if they're on our dime or not. But I said, you know, what? What we're concerned about accountability and fraud. And they're like, well, there's a lot of fraud in Ukraine. That's just kind of the way things are over there. That's what that their answer to me was. Yeah, amazing. Amazing that people don't see this and uh Zelensky must have must have Biden by the short and curlies, and he just knows it. And Biden can't stop but just dumping our money into that country. So uh, it's right. time for number one. That's right. The number one moron of the year is who else could it be? Hunter Biden. Speaking of people who have a hold on President Biden, no one has captured his heart quite like his fifty-three-year-old manchild of a son. Hunter is at the center of the Republicans' impeachment inquiry into Joe, but that doesn't make him the driving force behind the Biden crime family's wealth creation scheme for the last 10 years. And the fact is, Hunter's own words were that he had to give, quote, give Pop half his salary, and that salary was millions of dollars flowing in from foreign, following foreign countries, 17 payments from Romania totaling $3 million, $6.5 million from Ukraine. Um, we got $100,000 a month on the board of Burisma. The total income was $6.5 million that the Ukraine paid to Hunter and Devon, Devon, Devon Archer, the partner who recently admitted the whole scheme was about selling the Biden brand. Uh, this just goes on and on, Ed, but Hunter is just an absolute dirtbag, scumbag, um, you know, crackhead, uh, spent millions of dollars on prostitutes, drugs, and here we are, Ed. Number yeah, one. exactly. And, uh, you know, he got that three-carat diamond from the mayor of... Uh, of Moscow or the, the widow of the mayor from Moscow. We don't know what he did with it. Did he give it to his wife or his ex-wife or his hunter or his uh, dead brother's uh, former wife or her sister that he was sleeping with or one of his hookers? Anyway, we're all out of time for this episode of the main event. Scott, thanks for joining me for the top 10 morons of 23. And always a pleasure. And for you listeners, thanks for listening to me. This is the end of my 16th year. I think uh, one time I said 17. This is 16th. We start year 17 next week.